If we've never met, my name's Justin, and uh, I'm so excited about what we're gonna share together this morning, what we're gonna get to experience together. If you're new, we are in the middle of a really interesting summer where we're, we're just looking at the stories of many of the people who are part of our church. And these are stories of how God has, has come into people's lives and, and how he's shown them things they never would have been able to see before. And you know, if, if, you, if you've been part of his hands for long, you know that some of the things we value most, is just being authentic, being genuine. Um, we, don't, we don't tend to sort of dance around some of the messiness of life. We're okay just going like, let's, let, let's run into the messiness of life, let's talk about it. Because if, if we're all truly honest with ourselves, we're all messy. We've all got stuff, we've all got baggage, we've all got a past, and if we're young, it just means we don't have one yet, but we will. That's inevitable. And one of my favorite things about this church, one of the things that being part of this church for 15 years has changed my life in the sense that I don't have to, to hide my past, I don't have to uh, doctor it up, I don't have to dress it up. I'm able to actually say, yeah, this is, me, this has been part of my life. And oh yeah, there's a God and his name's Jesus and his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness is greater than all my sin. That's amazing, that's powerful. And so today we get to look at and participate in this story of Lainey Adan. Lainey is an amazing part of our church. She and her husband, Kevin, have been part of his hands for I mean, almost the entire time we've been at church. I've known them for so many years. Kevin is an incredible guy. Uh, their kids are awesome. It's just, they're a great family. Lainey, for the last several years, you, you may recognize her when you see her, if you've been here for a while, because she has led this, this amazing Bible study called Healing Hearts. And it's a Bible study specifically for women who have had abortions and who are, are, are in need of healing from that. That's a side of, of that conversation that never gets talked about, it is very often the, the regret and the shame and the guilt that can go along with that and the need for healing from that. Lainey has led that for years. She's an incredible person. Now, I wanna say this, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Uh, right now, obviously, abortion is a big topic in our culture. And to be honest, it has been for, for many years and it will be for many years. This has become such a, a dividing issue in our nation and much of Laney's story, as you're gonna see in just a few moments, involves this topic, involves abortion. And so a couple weeks ago, just kinda of to preview, to, to set this morning up, I, I, I took a moment, and this was right after Roe v. Wade had been overturned by the Supreme Court. And I know that there's a lot of different opinions on that and whatnot, but I took a few moments and just said, hey, let me express, you know, for me and, and my role here as the pastor of this church, let me kind of express where I stand on this and why? And, and I said very definitively a couple of things. Number one, I have several people I'm very close to, people I love very, very much, people I have a lot of respect for who, who have had abortions, who that's been part of their story. I don't condemn anyone. God has never condemned me for my sins, of which there are many. I refuse to condemn anyone ever for theirs. At the same time, we have to be people who, who while we don't condemn others, we don't condone what, what isn't right. And so I, I just said as, as clearly as I could that for me, there's absolutely no way at all as a Jesus follower for me to reconcile my faith in Jesus with abortion. And, and primarily, 
because if I look at life through the lens of following Jesus, that means that at one point in time, I believe that all of the hope for the entire world rested in the womb of a young, teenage, unwed, poor mother. That means that, that Jesus was my savior, not just when he was on the cross, but when he was in the womb. And so how could I reconcile that with, with, with abortion? It, they, don't, they don't go together. And, and what I'll say is this, and actually, I'm really excited. We have our high school students in the room with us this morning. So high school students, welcome. Love you guys. You're a huge part of our church. You're just not usually in here on Sunday mornings. Once a month is a lot, but you know, it's not your normal thing. Um, you probably wouldn't want to be in here every week. I get it. I get it. I'm not cool. I'm fine with that. Madison is so much cooler than me, but um, that is true. We can clap for that. No doubt. No doubt. But I'm glad that you're here this morning. And this really applies to all of us, but I think at a certain stage of life, it's really important to hear this. I, I mentioned a moment ago, the lens that I, I look at this issue through. We have to be people who are intentional about the lenses that we choose to look at life through. Because understand that our culture would love to choose those lenses for us. And almost always, our culture doesn't want us to be people who think. Our culture wants us to be people who, who look at every issue through the lens of, of outrage, anger, fear, worry. That's the language that we see in our culture all the time. Everything is, is it's the end. Everything is doomsday. Everything is, is you should be outraged at this. You should be angry. You should be afraid. You should be scared. There's, there's a world that, that seeks to manipulate you. To, to get you to be on a certain side of whatever issue is the issue of the day, because it may, may happen to be convenient for those who are in power. But we as people have to be intentional about the lenses that we choose to look at life through. And I would just encourage all of us who, who might be wrestling with this issue, some of us are like, no, I'm super decided on this. And I've had questions in the last few weeks, by the way, from all sides, people who have, who've reached out to me and, and and are upset that there, this has happened, that Roe v. Wade was overturned and had a lot of questions like, help me understand this. What about people's rights? What about mitigating circumstances? Had a really interesting conversation with someone who said, yeah, but what about this scenario, that scenario? And I was like, look, I, I agree. There's a lot of really hard scenarios, but I, I don't believe in the concept of a necessary evil. I don't believe that there's truly ever a good reason to do the wrong thing. And that's inconvenient and that's unfair. But I don't wanna live in a world that's fair. I wanna live in a world that's good. And they're not the same thing. And so I've had a lot of conversations about that. And on the flip side, I've had conversations with people who are like angry that more people aren't on the side they think that everyone should be on. But here's what I wanna say, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, if you're wrestling with this issue, we're actually gonna put out this week a really, really in-depth conversation, specifically on the topic of abortion. And, and looking at it through the lens of not just our faith in Jesus, but what about looking at it through the lens of like logic? What about the scientific lens? What about, let's look at it through all of those lenses and be intentional. And I believe that when you look at this issue through all these different lenses, it, it's clear what, what our stance should be as people, even if it's difficult to work it out. 
And so if you're wrestling with that, just know that we're gonna, put, we're gonna post that on our podcast, we're gonna post it on our website, we're gonna post it on all the places we post things, and you can really sink your teeth into that. Because I do think it's important sometimes as a church that we say, hey, there's this big thing happening in the world, where do we, what, what do we do with that? How do we engage with that, all right? So if that's where you're at, just engage with that, let it be a help to you. But, but that, all that to say that Lainey's story involves abortion. And she's gonna talk about it with, I gotta tell you guys, tremendous courage and vulnerability. And I believe that should be, that should truly be celebrated because it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable in front of a lot of people. Lainey's amazing. But I need us to understand that Lainey's story is actually all of our story. Because ultimately what her story is gonna be about, and, and we'll, we'll close it up with this here in a second, or, or after her story's done, what do we do with, with ourselves? That's really what Lainey's story is about. How, how do we deal with our old self? Because maybe you're someone who's come into a relationship with Jesus and life has totally changed and you're like a different person. But that old person that you used to be made a bunch of choices that still affect you. That old person that you used to be did a lot of things that still haunt you, that still affect your everyday life. And so you can't ever really, you can't escape yourself. You're like the one person you can never get away from, right? <laughs> Look, if we're really following Jesus, I know not all of us have made that decision, but the truth is we should always be growing, always be changing which means that in some ways we should also always be a little angry at the person we used to be. Not just 10 years ago, but two months ago. Sometimes two days ago, sometimes two hours ago. Because Jesus is growing us and changing us day by day into new people, which just means that inevitably we're going to be people who don't like the things that the previous us did. So what do we do with that? Sometimes the hardest people to deal with, sometimes the hardest people to forgive are the people that we used to be. And Lainey's story is all about that. And so with that said, let's enjoy it, let's listen, let's learn, and we'll come back together. And so y'all have been, at, been here for basically 16 years. Yeah, yeah, 16 so years. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really awesome. And so I just know that you're a huge part of his hands. Your family's a huge part of his hands. And so I've never gotten kind of the full story. And so I just wanted to ask you, what's the, what's the full story? Where, where'd you come from? How'd you meet Jesus? All of that. So yeah, um, by the time I graduated high school, somehow. Um, and then by the time I was 19, I was actually on heroin. Mm. Um, and ended up um, being pregnant. Mm -hmm. got married and had a baby and that changed my life. Hmm. And from that day forward, I, you know, stopped and, you know, kind of started moving forward yeah. as a mom. Yeah. Um, my husband at the time could not, he was the same as me and he, um, he could not move forward and he mm -hmm. kind of was stuck there. Um, so, in addiction? Mm -hmm. gotcha. Yes, in addiction. So um, lived like that in an abusive marriage for four years. And um, that was like my next moment with God was, um, one night, it was just like I'd had enough, and I still to this day, like it's all God. It was not my strength, it was not my courage, it was not my bravery, um, and I just sat there for that whole night, 
you know, telling him I was leaving, him yeah. like begging, crying. Um, and I went to bed that night, just the type of person he was and the threats he had made. I was, I went to bed thinking, if I die tonight, it's okay. Like, I'll be fine. Like I prayed and I really did go to bed thinking that he was gonna kill us. So we couldn't yeah. leave, yeah. Um, but we didn't. We woke up the next day and he was gone and the sun was shining and I called my dad and he came and got us and we left. And um, still to this day, like, I feel like that was like a moment that changed my life. And so you and Austin, yep. you and Austin lived with your dad and stepmom. Yeah. I'm trying to get the, yeah. the story straight. So um, once we moved out, my grandpa actually had a small house. It was my, my great grandparents' house. We all lived on the same street. So it's just me and Austin for a few years. Your story, you kind of started with the enemy. Yeah. Like it's his voice was a prominent voice in your life. Yeah. Is that something that you're still that you still were struggling with? Is it something you still struggle with? Like what, uh, like what journey? Like what has that been in the and the healing aspect yeah. too? Yeah, I would say that that is a daily struggle still. Mm. Like it's a it's a floodgate that I constantly have to remind myself to stop allowing the enemy to just flood my mind with lies. And no matter how much I would try to think on good he would just flood it with bad. You know, you're not a good mom. You're not, mm -hmm. you know, if people really knew you, if they knew your past, right. my past was a big thing. Like if they knew you'd done this, if they knew you'd done that, you, you know, no one would look at you the same. And then that's when I, I found Healing Hearts. Mm -hmm. um, I did the study, um, which is a post-abortion study. Say, can you explain Healing yes, Hearts? Yes, so I wanted to work at the Hope Center mm -hmm. and um, they asked if, you're, if you had ever had an abortion and I had. So they were like, well, if you want to you know, be an advocate here, you have to go through this study first. And I was like, sure, that's fine. I, I can do that. Um, and I did it, and it was another like, life-changing moment. Can you, let's rewind. Mm -hmm. You had an abortion. Yes. Can you explain that story? I did. Um, it was during the time that I was married to my ex-husband. Um, I had Austin already, um, and I became pregnant again. And I was already feeling trapped. Like I felt so stuck and I knew, at least I thought I knew, um, that if I had another baby, like how am I ever, like I was already wanting to get out mm -hmm. and I was like, if I have another child with him, like how is this gonna work? If I'm a single mom, how am I gonna do that? It was just all this fear and worry and so yeah, so I and had so an abortion. That is, that's a, a moment that the enemy has used hanging over your head that people knew about this. What did the healing hearts, you said that that started to change things for you and you wanted to work at the Hope Center. So obviously yeah, something wanted, had already changed. Yeah, I had wanted, I just didn't want people to make the same decision, you know, um, because I did have a lot of regret from that. Um, you know, Austin is the only child I have from that marriage. And in his childhood, it was very hard for him being the only one yeah. without our last name. Right. And, and I felt so much guilt because I was like, you could have had a sibling, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. what have I done? Right. Um, I felt like it could have really gave him some, someone when he felt really alone sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it was really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so is it part of your relationship with Jesus that what, cause you had, you're, you're talking about addiction and abuse and abortion and it's like, that's really heavy stuff. Yeah. What did the freedom from that, like, where did that start? That's a really good question. 
I would say, like I said, I, had, I was still struggling with depression up until five years ago. And, that, and that's when I found the Healing Heart Study and I began that. And I fairly feel like, and I had already been to some counseling. Um, so I had dealt with some things, but I hadn't walked through it with God through the past. And, um, and so I really do feel like that study changed my life. And I say the study, yeah. but it wasn't yeah, the yeah. study. Yeah, um, it's like, like you said, it's, it's walking through that stuff with God. And so what is, could you give me like the, the synopsis version of the Healing Hearts okay. and how that, how that yeah. affected you? Yeah, so it like, it's like 10 chapters of a book, right? But each chapter, and it's just laid out beautifully to walk you through each step. Like, you know, there's, um, who is God? Who are we in comparison to God? Mm. Um, you know, what is sin? You know, what does sin mean? Um, and it does specifically, like, what is abortion? You know, I mean, um, I was trying to decide if I wanted to say it, but I mean, it's murder mm. to me, you know? I mean, it was my child. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, all sins are equal, right? And so I have said for a long time to Kevin, like, I am Paul. Like, I feel like there's not there's not a sin I haven't committed, you know? And so all of that, that's, you know, the enemy too. Just like you are the worst. Yeah, it's the enemy if it stops there. If it stops there. Yeah. Yes. So um, Healing Hearts just walks you through. It walks you through the grieving, the child that you that you lost. Because as if you have an abortion, you don't grieve the child because it was a choice, right? I made this decision. So you don't feel like you can grieve. But there was definitely... Um, it gave me the opportunity to grieve. Um, and then it walks you through who is Jesus and his sacrifice and what it means when we don't, you know, if we, if we are not accepting that sacrifice and we can't move forward, like we are telling Jesus it wasn't enough. Mm. Um, that's actually why I have this tattoo. I got this tattoo after my study. Um, it's a cross, but it says enough. Um, and for me that meant like it's a daily reminder and I look at it all the time, like don't pick it back up because I would never look at Jesus in the face and say what you did wasn't enough to cover the sins that I've committed Right. because it, it, it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I went through that study and I just remember, I mean, every week I would come home and just cry my heart out to Kevin mm -hmm. and just be like, this is what I'm going through again. He's like my biggest supporter. Yeah. I, he's precious. Um, and he just walked with me through like every, and he would just listen and I would tell him everything I was going through. Um, and when I got to the end, like, I mean, my depression was gone. Like after I went through that, after I feel like it was a combination of first I studied the, um, I did the study. And then I also did the study on God's armor. Yeah. So it's like, I went through my healing and then I learned how to like arm myself yeah. and like defend myself against the enemy because just because you get healed doesn't mean he's gonna stop attacking yeah. or trying to stop, you know, he's any foothold. Like, um, that's one of the things that I remember most. I mean, I remember all the things about the study and I'm still doing the study with people, which I love getting to go through it again and again, yeah. because you do pick things back up, small things. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another, another study that I'm teaching now. Um, it's all the same stuff, but it's just removed of the abortion. I was gonna say, it seems like it's just a picture of the gospel. Yeah. laid out pretty clearly. Yeah, and it really, I don't want to miss this part. It's like all it does, the study, is say, read this verse, what does it say? Yeah. Read this verse, 
how does that make you feel? Read this <laughs> verse. So all you're doing is reading the Bible. Right. You're just going to God's word. Yeah. But there, you know, it's taking you to the parts that you need for whatever it is, whether it's about Jesus or whether it's about sin or whether it's about forgiveness. And how much do we need help? sometimes navigating to make it happen yes. <laughs> yes oh my gosh yeah and so what the book the study did for you and i'm sure the people were you going through it with hope center people at the time well it's like uh kind of like what i do now they're like counselors gotcha so healing hearts sends you i mean um hope center sends you to healing hearts gotcha. and they have counselors who so walk you had someone it. walking through yeah. with you and then now you're walking through it with people yeah. that are part of our church and, and yeah. the community. Yeah, and, and the so Hope Center will send um, my last class I did. Someone it was I had someone from church, and someone from the Hope Center that they awesome. had sent me. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, that is just such a picture I think of what the how the gospel is supposed to be shared. It takes that person and it takes the word and it takes this community to like right. to make that happen. And so, and knowing you're not alone I think is like a big thing. Like knowing you're not the only one. Yeah. You know, like, oh, other people have walked this path and look, you know, and they're fine. Like they yeah. have overcome it. It like gives you hope that you can do the same. Mm. Right. Um, so, yeah, I really do. Um, and so I never ended up working at the Hope Center. Right. Which that was really sad for the uh, <laughs> director. She was like, I really like was hoping you were going to come work here. And I'm like, I know. But once I did the study, yeah. like God showed me like. It was just the weight that came off of me when I did that was so huge because not only did I heal from my abortion, but I also, like it talks about your abusers. Like there's whole chapters on if you've suffer, suffered abuse, you know, if you've suffered um, addictions, if you've ever done any type of like cult activity, like witchcraft yeah, or things yeah. like that. You know, it covers all the things that people mm -hmm. do as sin, you know. Um, and so I just left feeling so free and so light and unburdened mm -hmm. that I was like, I have got to get other women need to feel this. Mm. Um, not just women, but all people, but this is a women's right. study. Yeah, so. right, right. Were you trying to, and say no if this is not true, okay. were you trying to, it sounds like almost before you went through the study and had that journey, it sounds like the, the Hope Center connection, was it like trying to pay for it or to, to balance that out, to say like, yeah. I did this thing in the past mm -hmm. and I want to make up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah, like I was like, I didn't really even know like why, I just felt this draw mm -hmm. to like go there and to help. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely think it was like a payment forward. Like I don't want someone else to feel this way. It's just really cool because it, it was walking through that with God that freed you of that, even that payment mentality of like, I don't, now I, I don't know. have to, <laughs> I'm not going to work there. Work there. <laughs> yeah. Like I tell myself, I'm like, maybe I will, or I mean, maybe I won't, but God didn't lead me there. Right. Like he led me there to find help. Yeah. And which is amazing. I mean, which is exactly what he does. You know, when we follow him, even when it's like not exactly the way that he was intending it, you make that choice. So like I went there and interviewed and end up in a Bible study that I'm like, sure, I'll do this. I don't really think I need it. I've been healed. That's right. what I thought. I was like, I'm fine with my decision. Like I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't the right decision, but I still felt when I went there that day that it was a justified decision. Mm. Like I still felt like, I yeah, had to do this. I had to do this. Yeah. And then after the study, which was a really gut wrenching part was that I realized I didn't have to like, God would have provided for me if I had had that second child. 
he still would have given me the bravery and the courage to leave. And knowing that I took that away from him, like who knows why he sent me that child mm -hmm. and I stopped his plan. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that, was, that was a hard part of the study. Yeah, so on the front end, um, as you're meeting women sitting down to do the study with you, where does, where does that conversation start? And if someone is in the, the post-abortion um, phase of their life and they might feel that guilt or they might feel that justification, yeah. what would you say to them? That God always had a plan. Like no matter what you thought your plan was and what you thought the situation is, like God has the plan. Like he's the one who ultimately, he turns all things for good. So even when it's a bad situation, he will use it for good. And that's really all I feel like I can say about that. Like, cause it's like, you know, every person has, it's a really tough conversation to have with people. And you know, the whole situation we're in right now, there's a lot going on about abortion right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear about it at my work all the time and I have to like choose what I want to say and choose what I don't want to say. And, right. um, and all I always say is that, you know, I don't agree with abortion. It's a really, it's a really hard choice for some women, you know, depending on what has happened to them. Yeah, it's not to minimize the darkness no, or the challenge. At all. No, it is not. But God can use that for good. And I know multiple women who are, who are the product of rape or their grandmother was the product of rape and their lineage would have stopped, you know, like amazing, beautiful Christian women right. that, you know, Back in the 30s, you know, if they didn't have the option then. Right. But, you know, it's, so you just don't know what God's going to do with that baby. And even if it's not you keeping it and someone else that's dying to have a child that can't, you know, like there's just so many other options. Um, but for women who have already been through it, you think that you're fine. You really do. Like I thought I was fine. Um, I had postpartum depression after I had my third baby. Um, and in our study, we learned that there are so many things tied to abortion that you don't notice, you don't see, could be depression, right. which I had, anxiety, which I had, postpartum depression, which I had. I, I kept feeling like, um, like she was going to die. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I felt about Abby. And what is tied to that, which I, what I didn't see, what I didn't understand was that because I was much deeper than I could figure out, um, because I had given up a child, I was afraid that God would take a child, right? Like that payment thing again, payment. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just always, I just felt this in uh, the enemy, right? Yeah. I was just always terrified. I felt like I was going to lose her early. Like I was like, I don't know why I have this deep love for her, but right. it feels like she's going to be taken from me. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of, and then that led to my postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, and so once I did the study, I realized how many things I was struggling with were tied to this like single moment that I never got healing for because I was holding on to it, all the yeah. guilt and the shame. Um, but I didn't feel like I was holding guilt and shame, but it was, it was so deep right. because I did, people didn't know. It's not like I went around and talked about it, right? Yeah. So it was guilt and shame that I held down super deep. Mm. Um, so it manifests itself within your body in other ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus said, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. Um, my experience with that has been that that's the case. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's the case yeah. for you. Yes. And so I called you and was like, hey, 
I want to have this conversation. I know you do the healing hearts. I want to, and I was, I felt uncomfortable asking, but I was like, are you comfortable talking about that? And you said yes, graciously, and thank you for saying yes. Um, but I don't know. I think with my sin, I, I thought that people discovering the truth about the sin would lead to X, Y, and Z consequence, that my life would come crumbling down, that I'd be rejected by the people who love me. And I've just found it to be completely the opposite. Oh, yeah. And so have you experienced that same? I mean, I, I hear it in your story. Um, but for people who are, and it might not even be abortion, but people who are holding on to that one moment in their life, or maybe that um, pattern of addiction, or maybe it's some decision that they've made, what would you encourage them? Yeah, I would say, like, definitely when I, when I dug into the Bible, like you said, and you got truth, and sometimes you do need a study or something right. to, like, walk you through it, because it's like, I'm just going to open the Bible. It's like, there's so many pages, <laughs> so many passages, so many books, like, right. um, you know, but finding someone to help you, like, kind of take the steps, but Bible-based, because the truth's in the Bible. The truth's not, I mean, yes, truth can come from like word of mouth or, but you need God's word, you know, over your life. Um, And I feel like when you do that, it opens you up to be able to be set free. Like, right, like I felt this huge relief and the burden was lifted and the, the truth set me free, Yeah. right? And so then I wanted to help others let the truth set them free. And then when I did that, I became super vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was a little bit nerve wracking at first. Like I wasn't sure, but someone told me one time that like, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, then it's not your time yet, Mm. right? Like God will tell you when it's time. And he did. And you know, when we did the video about healing hearts, like that was kind of a big step, but I never felt anything about it. Like I was like, okay, everybody in the church is about to know. Like we have this thing with healing hearts. Like when you become the counselor and you know, all the counselors like do it at their churches, right? Yeah. They say like, you will become the abortion lady. Yeah. You know, like they'll be like, oh, that's the, that's the abortion lady. You right. know, like, right, right. and so I was like, okay, here's about to be the moment where yeah. like, you know, everyone will know. Everyone, you know, that sees this, everyone will yeah. know. And I was fine with that. Mm. Like it didn't bother me at all because I don't have, the enemy has no hold on that. Mm. If anything, I know God's going to use it for good. And it's going to lead other women to find, you know, relief, which is the opposite of what the enemy wants. So, you know, you expect to be, you expect some pushback somewhere. Right. And there always is, um, like whenever we have signups, I'll, you know, you get four or five emails and maybe only one or two that will actually like go through with it because the enemy's there, you know? Yeah. People are, you're busy. It's not the right time. You know, um, he wants to stop us from being healed. Yeah. Um, because then, like in the video that we did, you know, we had other women who were, had also gotten to such a place of freedom that they could be vulnerable. Right. And they could share their story. And now that's not holding them back either. Yeah. You know, so anytime, I don't know, I just, anytime I, you get the truth and you're set free, then you can be vulnerable and the enemy is stopped mm. in at least that area. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just so grateful for Lainey and for sharing that story. A few things I, I will say, because sometimes when we share stories like this, it stirs things up for certain people. If, if you were ever interested in reaching out to Lainey, you wanted to 
to reach out to her, maybe even find out about that specific study about healing hearts, which uh, happens through the Hope Center, which we've been partnering with for years. It's a crisis pregnancy center across the street. We do have an email address that you can, uh, you can reach her at. And so um, either memorize this or go back and look at it on our, our feed later, or just email the church at info, I-N-F-O at hishandschurch.com. We'll, we'll connect you. Lainey's amazing, and, and she'll help you if that's something. Also, prayer, every Sunday after the service, we have prayer. Sometimes we stir stuff up. And, and you might be like, dang it, why did I come to church today? I didn't wanna have anything stirred up, you know? Uh, that's why we have a prayer team. They're ready to, to, to help you get that back in order. And, uh, but honestly, we have an incredible, incredible prayer team. And for this morning specifically, there's a lot of amazing women on our prayer team who are gonna be there to pray with anyone who wants to talk about that. But I just wanna say one really quick thing as we wrap this up. And, and we're wrapping it up, by the way, with baptisms. We've got some people going all in with Jesus today. And so, yeah. Quick favor, I know that baptisms are like the last thing we do. It's the exclamation point to our morning. I think it's so important that we all stay for baptisms because when a person's going all in with Jesus for the first time, the last thing they need to see is the back of part of their church family walking away from them, right? Like, it's just so important that we're all together for that. And so just hang with it. But I say that just so you know, I know what time it is and don't worry, this is not about to be another message on top of, no, Lainey said plenty. There's one thing though that stuck out to me and I think this is for all of us. You know, there's a point where Lainey paused and she said a word that may have made a lot of us uncomfortable or at least some of us like, ew, that's hard to say. She said murder, right? She used that word. And you know, it's, it's, it's so funny because or interesting is probably a better word, it's not funny, but we have a tendency as people, it's like a, it's a self-preservation need to minimize our sin, to, to talk about our struggles in terms where it's as minimal as possible because we just don't either A, like the sound of the full measure of maybe what we feel like we've done or I think very often we don't fully believe that God would actually forgive the full measure of what we've done. And so there's a need for us to sort of go, well, you know, it's like I, I struggled with this or I wrestled with this. Or, or we just find whatever ways we can to talk about our struggles in a way that's as minimal as possible. But you know what actually happens when we do that? Is we, we just end up minimizing the grace that God has actually given us. What Laney said is so similar to what Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15. If you don't know who Paul is, he's one of the foremost leaders of the early church, big part of our, our history and our faith. He says, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. See, Paul didn't minimize his, his sin. He said it exactly as it was. He, he believed it, I'm the worst one, which means that, that God has forgiven the worst one. You know, for, for me, I was addicted to pornography from the time I was in the third grade until, because that's when I was introduced to it, until I was in my, my 20s. And so what does that make me? I, 
I guess, an adulterer, because Jesus said if you commit adultery with someone, if you lust after someone, you're committing adultery in your heart, or a pervert. That's the truth. And as awkward as it feels to say that on a stage in front of a bunch of people who I know, and some first time people who may never come back. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the full measure of my sin. And it's all forgiven. It's all forgiven, all of it. In Luke seven, Jesus tells a story as an illustration, he says, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon, the man that Jesus is posing this question to said, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. And this story was to illustrate a woman who had come to honor Jesus but Simon and his friends felt like the woman was beneath them. She was a sinner. They knew her sins. And so they said to themselves, there's no way Jesus would even let her be near him if, if he knew who she was. Jesus goes on in verse 47 to say, I tell you, Simon, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. And then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The truth is, none of us are little sinners. Like I have little kids, they're not little sinners. They're big, they're, they're advanced in that department. At four years old, they've mastered sin. We've all been forgiven much. And so whatever your past is, whatever your mistakes are, do not for a moment let our enemy, Satan, tell you that somehow your sins are the outlier and, and the blood of Jesus doesn't quite cover it. So you better make up for it or you better hide it or you should be ashamed of it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't ever minimize the grace that God has given you. Lainey's story, it, it reminded me of that. I'm not proud of any of my sin. I'm not proud of my mistakes. I don't celebrate the sin. But I don't wanna minimize it in such a way that I actually just end up making less of what Jesus has actually done for me. He's forgiven all of it. And, and look, Jesus actually said to what Laney said specifically, that if you've ever hated someone, like truly hated them, you've committed murder in your heart. So we're all murderers. We're all liars or adulterers or perverts or whatever word you wanna use. Those aren't nice words, but you know what? We're, we're all those completely and totally covered by the blood of Jesus. So those words do not define us. What defines us is that we are the sons and the daughters of the living God. We've had our debts wiped clean. We are completely and totally forgiven. We are loved, we are accepted, we are His. That's the truth of who we are. That's the grace that He's given us. We gotta celebrate that. We've gotta celebrate that. So what do you do with the old you? 
That's the question I, I started with. What do you do with the old you whose decisions you don't agree with anymore, whose mistakes you still have to deal with? The simple matter is you forgive the old you. You forgive that, that old person, even if that old person is yesterday. You forgive them as completely as the Lord has forgiven you because that old you that you're upset with, they're covered by grace. The blood of Jesus washed all their sin away. So forgive them, forgive them because God already has. And if God's done it, you should just go with him, okay? Now, Lainey, thank you again for sharing your story. So grateful for that, super brave, awesome. I know it's gonna impact a lot of people. Next week, guys, yeah, let's clap for that for sure. And especially, Lainey, for the fact that it's not just your story, but the way you shared the love of Jesus that you experienced through that, that's, that's awesome. Next week, we wrap up our story series with a really cool story. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Um, we're actually, this is, it's very different than the other stories we've told. And it's the story of the statues out front. And included in that is actual interviews with the people who built the statues. And Madison was the one who's like, I really wanna know this story. He's come to church here since he was in the fifth grade. He's the one doing all the interviewing. If you don't know, that's Madison. And, uh, and he's like, I've never actually like heard the story of these statues. And it's an, it's an incredible story. There's actually parts of it that I didn't even know. And so, it's just brought all the more power to when I walk by that statue of Jesus with his arms outstretched, welcoming all of us. You're not gonna wanna miss this story next week. It's gonna be amazing. But I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna celebrate the exclamation mark to our morning are some people who are going all in with Jesus, getting baptized and experiencing that full measure of God's grace that we're talking about. So pray with me. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for Lainey having the courage, the vulnerability, the honesty to share her story. Lord, we are all the same. We are all the same. We are sinners who have been forgiven completely by you. And you say in your word that you take our sin and you place it as far as the east is from the west. You say in your word that you've taken our sin, you've thrown it into the ocean. You say in your word, Lord, that you don't even remember our sins. That's how complete your forgiveness is. But Lord, we have a hard time forgetting. We're not as good at forgetting our mistakes as you are. So I pray, Lord, that for every single person in this room, you would remind us that we are defined by your love. We are not defined by our mistakes. That we don't have to minimize or hide our mess, because we don't wanna minimize your grace. So Lord, let us be people who have that, that same courage and vulnerability that Lainey showed us this morning to be able to say, yes, this is my past, but this isn't me because I have Jesus and he's changed everything. We love you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name, amen.